Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now okay everybody i have something really cool to tell you about if you haven't heard yet about anchor it's the easiest way to make a podcast let me explain here it's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will uh, distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one single place. Now, the way that you can do this is you got to download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm and then you can get started it's really fun we just switched over recently here at all too real too and i'm enjoying it so far so be sure to check it out and uh let us know what you think Hey everybody, welcome to the latest episode of All Too Real. <laughs> I don't know what that was. Anyways, uh, my name is Michael E. Cullen II, and with me as always is... It's Matthew Quicksilver Maximoff. That's an interesting name. Yeah, it is. Is that Sokovian? It is, actually. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, I'm getting back to my Sokovian roots. Yes. Because I'm, I'm one one half Sokovian. Oh, okay. Yeah. And the other half is human. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anyways, today on the show, we are covering a very special episode of a TV show. That had an interesting um, guest appearance in it. And, you know, of, of course we are talking about the episode of Family Ties where uh, Tom Hanks was playing the al- alcoholic uncle. <laughs> it's one of the best episodes. 
Yeah, wait, that's not what we're doing. Um, <laughs> so, we are talking about the fifth episode of WandaVision, the Disney Plus brilliant television series. Um, yes. This uh, episode is titled, On a Very Special Episode, Ellipses. Or dot, 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 for those people that don't know what ellipses are. Anyways, um, and uh, it was directed by Matt Shackman, like all the other episodes of the season. It was written by Peter Cameron and Mackenzie Dore. And uh, so, this was a very, very interesting and good episode. Longer than the previous ones, actually, too, because they're... Yeah. They're... Uh, they're um, basically uh telling two stories now um first off uh before we get going um i asked online earlier today um what people are thought of the episode and i got a few responses here from some of our uh listeners or, or potential listeners um kermit merle key had said, uh, he says, what is publicly known as Wanda is a key figure in the next Doctor Strange movie, Doctor Strange the Multiverse of Madness, and that the next Spider-Man movie will feature characters from Sam Raimi's uh, films. Okay, I'm going to kind of paraphrase what he's saying here, and uh, he's basically saying, which most people think, that uh, the fact that the surprise in this episode means that we're going to basically be creating the uh, multiverse and... uh, bring in some new characters and stuff from other multiverses in the in the Marvel universes. Um, yep. My friend Amber Dawn said, uh, Ralph has got to be Mephisto. Meaning, uh, the non, the, the unseen husband of Agnes. Mm. Um, and then she's saying, is the recast possibly a scroll? Who knows? Um, Jeff Avery said, uh, OMG, that was so awesome. I hope the ending is everything it pretends to be. Um, And my father, Mike Cullen, said, I have not watched the last two, plan to watch them this weekend. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> just wanted to share that okay <laughs> anyways it's good he gets to watch them you know back to back so yeah that's good <laughs> the um so um in this episode what happens here matt oh man <clears throat> so many things happen in this episode it's, it's really jam-packed um you know i love the people who are complaining about the first two episodes i'm like okay well Hold on to your hats because we're getting so much information. What's that? Oh, I said yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, <clears throat> we're getting so much information going on from, like you said, two different stories now. What's going on inside Westview and what's going on outside Westview? So, as you said, the last couple of weeks, your suspicions of Mister um, Hayward or Hayward Hayward <clears throat> Hayward are seeming to come true. That he seems like he's kind of not on the side of Wanda or anyone that has powers or abilities. He's 
he's taking a very antagonistic approach to Wanda. He basically just thinks that she's the quote prime victimizer was his words yeah. to describe her. And anytime James Wood, anyone else tried to offer a little bit of nuance, he would just kind of look at them like with disgust almost in his face. Like, oh, well, she became a terrorist. They worked for Hydra and stuff like that. And James Wu was like, well, that's that's kind of oversimplification of events, but sure. <laughs> and, like, he just looks at him, like, with so much hatred in his face when James Wu says that. Like, like how dare you contradict me? Like, you know. And, and so we got that we got that kind of story developing now. We got the antagonistic, you know, dude on the outside that pretty much just wants to kill anyone that's you know got abilities or powers or whatever um and then on the inside the vision is becoming more and more like uh, cognizant of what's going on Um, yeah each episode he gets a little bit more understanding about who he is and what's going on in his world and he gets more and more perplexed and and, and frustrated um actually because he like doesn't remember his life before this like he just remembers getting married and that's it he doesn't know yeah. anything about what's going on um and um <clears throat> so it starts it kind of starts off you know with them talking to monica rambo about what happened um then it goes into the the 80s type of episode now uh which lots of weird symbolism in that as well. So I, I'll try to, I'll try to make it you know um, concise here. But yeah. basically, they're trying to get the kid, the twins to sleep, and they're crying. And Wanda, you know, asks um, Vision to go get their binkies. And then when he he leaves, she's trying to use magic to put them to sleep, but it won't work. And and there's a lot of there's a lot of interesting lines in this episode that are very symbolic about about Wanda and what's going on. She says, why, why, why won't you do what I want? Um, that's interesting right there. You know, um, not, why don't you listen to me? Why, you know, why don't you do what I want? That's, you know, implies that she's controlling things, you know? Um, and, and, you know, some people have speculated that because they're her kids, they, they're not really under her control. Like, you know, vision and all the other people are in the, in the town. Um, Agnes has popped over a lot more times in this episode than she has in the previous three. I mean, she's really taking on a, a very yeah. overseeing role, like in this episode. Like, like Vision has even pointed out a few times in the episode. Like, you know, it always seems that she pops in right at the exact correct moment with the right item that we need or whatever. You know, at that precise moment. And there, okay, so I'll, I'll I'll stop in a second, but there's this this moment. That was really, really strange where um, Agnes comes in. She's wearing, like, her aerobics outfit and stuff like that. And she's like, oh, I, I heard that the, you know, the twins are having trouble sleeping or whatever. And Vision's like, how, how would you how would you know that? And then she's like, kind of pauses for a second. She's like, uh, my ears? And he's like, oh, okay, or whatever. And then she's talking to Wanda about, you know, whether or not, you know, she can have a go with the kids, you know, to try to get them to go to sleep. And things really aren't going to plan. And, like, Agnes just kind of stops, and she's like, oh, do, do you want me to, to come in again? And Vision's like, what? And he's like, do you want me to 
take it from the top and and then like for for a second see that's that's the brilliance of the show is that it never lets you know who's afraid of who so like yeah you can sort of you can sort of see it from both perspectives that Wanda because the way the way Agnes says certain things they sound more like statements than they do as questions so when she says like you want me to take it from the top that could be seen as her asking Wanda for permission to redo the thing or it could almost be seen as a threat of like you're not playing along do you want me to take this from the top like yeah like we got to get this shit done type of thing yeah and then she says you want me to hold the children then it wasn't a question it was a statement and then wanda looks kind of afraid and she's like vision why, why don't we let agnes you know hold the-? so it's almost i don't know like that was that was a really kind of suspenseful moment that really only lasted like a minute like a second or whatever but and then Vision's kind of like, like, can you come over here, Wanda? And he starts talking to her. He's like, didn't you see what what, the, what was that, that all about? And she's like, what? And he's like, you didn't just see what I saw right there? Like, you know, Agnes acting really weird. And she's like, oh, that's no big deal. And just, you know, anyway, yeah. <laughs> it's, just one, it's just one weird thing about this episode. What, what, do, you, what do you think? Or what, what, what else happened? Um, so, like, uh, we, we have the uh, opening credits, which are very... Um, Family Ties meets Growing Pains meets uh, Full House inspired. Um, you know, because this is a basically 1980s, early 90s kind of setting here. Um, mm-hmm. So it's just interesting. You know, we get we get a Full House reference, which is cool because... Right. Because Elizabeth Olsen's uh, sisters were on that show. Right. Um, it, um, the... Uh, the opening credits had some interesting lyrics as well. And uh, it started out with, uh, You wander the world with a vision of what life could be, <laughs> but then the years come and teach you um, to just wait and see. <clears throat> Forces may try to pull us apart, but nothing can phase me if you're in my heart. <laughs> Crossing our fingers, singing a song, we're making up, making it up as we go along, which is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. Through the highs and the lows, will be right, will be wrong. We're making it up as we go along. Yet again, they say that again. Um, and there will be days we won't know which way to go, but we'll take it higher. You're all I desire. When the going gets tough, when push comes to shove, we're making it up because we've got love. Baby, we've got WandaVision. Um, so, you know, and it sounds very much like one of these uh, old uh, theme songs that were written by, you know, like Steve Steve Dorff, who is uh, Stephen Dorff's father he wrote a bunch of those type of theme songs and he's a facebook friend of mine so i just mm-hmm. think it was kind of inspired by one of his things so i just wanted to give him a shout out um anyways uh the uh the um it's just interesting that um he uh that those lyrics are kind of just you know kind of pointing out like what's going on in the show in a way it's just Probably the best theme song we've had so far. 
in the best opening credits, and we we see in the opening <laughs> credit in the opening credits we see like uh, it's kind of a you know like I said it was inspired by like family ties and growing pains and stuff, and it was like we got these uh, these uh, pictures of the characters growing up and everything. Yeah, but well, yeah. Prior to that, though, the kids did <laughs> age. Oh, yeah, there's lots of stuff. Also, too, in the credits, right? Did you notice that there was, like, a paintbrush coloring vision first? Mm-hmm. And it was, like, the paintbrush was being, like, controlled by uh, Wanda's telekinetic powers? Yes. And I noticed that it colored him It colored him first, which is interesting. Yeah. You know, like, that's that's the first person she brought back to life or whatever. Yeah, I noticed or, that. That was whatever. interesting. Um, also, too... It, yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Like all the symbolic, cool stuff. But also, too, I forgot to mention earlier when I was when I was saying what happened at the beginning. So Wanda actually broke in to the facility that was holding Vision's body. Yeah, and not to be gross, but they actually took his body apart to like experiment on it. I guess like there's literally pieces of him. Yeah. So she. We were joking earlier before about like like her reanimating his corpse, but it's worse than that. She had to like put him back together, like yeah. you know. Um, She's uh, which is yeah. like gotta be super super traumatizing. I mean, on just so many levels of. Uh, hopefully, but you you, you know, you've if, never if had that happen in any relationship. I was saying you've never had that no. happen in any relationships you've you've been in where you've had to. Put no. together the corpse of your former lover or anything? No. Nope. Okay, just just, just make it sure. Fortunately, say that I have <laughs> not had to do that. <laughs> I can say that I'm very fortunate. And, um, but which is interesting, right? So, so, um, so, Doctor or Mister Hayward or whatever he is, the piece of shit dude. Um, yeah, director. Who's yeah? He's kind of ramping up. Yes, director. He's kind of ramping up to be one of the show's villains, I think. Or they could do another twist where he actually is a good guy. He's just angry and he's he's getting too mean or whatever, yeah. you know, type of thing. Sometimes movies and shows do that thing too, where mm-hmm. the guy just the person just angry and they want to make people safe, so they're taking you know too strong of measures, whatever type of thing. Who knows? We'll see. Um, who knows? He could be Mephisto even. Who knows? Um, yeah. Um, we don't know. We still have what four more episodes, three more episodes. I don't know. Anything um, could happen. He could be a white bunny rabbit. He could. I mean, hell. Well, hey, she could be Scratch because uh, Agnes had a pet rabbit named Mister Scratch or something like that. Oh, okay. In the second episode, I think. And get this, Scratch. I, I forgot which language it was, but. That actually was the word for the devil in one of the language. Some I don't know, I don't know if it's old English or something. Huh. So that's another interesting thing about the devil and Mephisto and all that kind of shit. Anyway, um, so yeah, so it turned out that she actually broke in, and this has only been going on for nine days. By this has not been going on for a long time, by the way. So yeah, and- timeline was nine days ago in the show, and this, and this was only a couple weeks after the uh, return. Uh, the blip or whatever you want to call it of the people so so yeah so, so yeah I try to put that in perspective like after Endgame everything that happens in Endgame uh, literally two weeks later this happens to yeah <laughs> it's like Jesus um, and 
And also, too, you gotta put that in perspective that when she was gone for five years, she didn't know she was gone for five years. So, from her perspective, all of this stuff has happened within two weeks. Killing Vision, and then having Thanos reverse time, yeah, and then killing all over again, and then her being brought back. All of this in her mind is, is happened in two weeks. Yeah. So, she's extremely traumatized, uh, extremely mentally ill. Um, she's, you know, she's fraying. Her mind is, is completely fraying. Anyway, so, she takes back his corpse, and obviously puts it back together somehow, and brings... You know his consciousness back to life, but with the price that he doesn't remember who he is outside of Westview. That's that's his whole history is is there. And then, um, so I just want to bring that up because um, she did actually break in to a thing. But the 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 interesting part though about that that's that's what I forgot to say is that um, director Hayward goes uh, well. Uh, you know that she broke in here. This is um, and, and James. That's how James Wu goes. Well, that's against the Sokovia Accords. Um, you know, Vision had it in his living will that he did not want to be brought back from the dead. He didn't, didn't want to be anyone's weapon. And they're like, yeah, that's right. It's like, well, wait a minute though. They were already experimenting on his body as she stole it, and then no one like seemed to think that was weird. Like, well, the sword itself is experimenting on Vision. Wouldn't that also go against? Exactly. See, that, that, that's, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like they're they're trying to you know make you think maybe maybe uh, sword or bad. Who knows? You know what I mean? It's right. hard to say. Um, or at least under Hayward they are. Um, mm-hmm. Which I saw something online too about Hayward. The letters in the in the name Hayward. If you take a couple out, you can take the letters out of it and uh, rearrange it to spell Hydra. Whoa. <clears throat> Oh wow! Um, so that 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 just could be a randomness, but I'm just saying could be. But a lot of the stuff is, um, yeah. Oh, also too, just really quick before you you, you jump in. So yeah, um, remember you know they do like the um, like the recap, you know, of, of what happens in the last episode and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, okay, so they changed something this time. They they did the scene again where Vision walks in from episode three when. He has that really awkward conversation with Herb and Agnes outside. Yeah. And he walks in, and, and uh, he goes, Where, where's Geraldine? And she goes, oh, she she left, honey. She had to rush home. But this time, it said she didn't belong here. So that was interesting. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Uh, like, you know, usually TV shows will do uh, a recap, and they'll they'll use, like, a different cut, but they usually are saying the same line. They'll yeah. just say it a little differently well she said a completely different line she said oh she left she didn't belong here and so that's kind of interesting like could that be a sense of wanda is rewriting what she said in that moment to make it even more blatant yeah like i mean interesting anyway there's a lot of like yeah this whole show is just like full of easter eggs like if that's your thing like this show is like literally for you like it's it's like you go and analyze this stuff like for hours, you know. Yes, it is my thing because I'm the Easter Bunny. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> yep. oh, shit, I shouldn't tell you that. Oh, okay. Well, oh well. No, you know. So yeah, just let you know. You know the the weekend of Easter, I might not be able to record a podcast because I got a lot of candy to give yeah, to kids and stuff. Yeah, a lot of work to do. Yeah, yeah a lot of work to do. Um, <laughs> right. 
you know, <laughs> grow out my big floppy ears and wait, what? Um, so uh, the um, so so so, anyways, after the um, so before the credits or whatever, like I said, the the boys grow up to five years old. <laughs> um, this is after uh. Agnes was trying to help get them to sleep, and she had sprayed lavender on them. <laughs> and lavender has some, uh, you know, like, holistic, like, remedies and stuff like that, so it could be something to do with, like, witchcraft and everything, too. Um, possibly. Uh, the, mm-hmm. um... So, um... Because they, they, they suddenly aged, um... So, like, later on in, in the uh, episode, um, we see the five-year-old boys in front of the sink, and they're washing a dog that they found. <laughs> um, the boys asked to keep it, and then uh, they they try to uh, figure out the a name for the dog at one point, and he goes over and tries to, uh... He messes with, like, an electrical outlet, and we see sparks (laughs) and everything, and so Agnes, who shows up with a (laughs) doghouse out of nowhere, you know, (laughs) like you do, and, Mm -hmm. um, she, uh... She suggests the name Sparky. And Sparky was the name of Vision's dog in the comic books, which was a robotic dog. So... Yeah, a green robotic dog. So yeah, they you know they're taking the name from the comic books, which is cool. Um, <laughs> Vision and uh, and uh, and Wanda say that they can't that that they probably can't keep the dog unless they are ten years old, and so the boys age themselves, or at least one of them <laughs> ages them. Um, so, and it's not Wanda doing it. It's the boys aging themselves. Mm-hmm. So they are sentient beings who know what they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. They're separate from being controlled by Wanda or anybody else. So, which is interesting. So that means that they are real. They're not just some random Westview kids or something, you know? Right, yeah. So, they really are Wanda's kids. Um, in that scene, though, Wanda almost uh, um, revealed her abilities to Agnes, which concerned Vision. <laughs> so, Vision is getting very concerned throughout this whole episode because he's noticing things going on. <laughs> um... So, uh, doobity doo. Um, the, uh, <laughs> doobity doo. You do, there you go. Yeah, you know, because that happened. Um, <laughs> there's a. The boys, you know, like I said, they aged up to 10 years old. Um, then we, we cut to a scene a little bit where Vision is at his computer work job. <laughs> and, uh,. They're uh, they're all excited about this electronic mail <laughs> because they have the internet now, and um, there's a 
There's an email from Sword that reveals the situation in Westfield, Westview and talks about the the Maximoff uh, anon- anomaly. And they're all reading it and everybody's laughing and stuff like that. Um, Vision turns off the computer using his powers and uh, he wakes up Norm with his with his powers as well and Norm starts to worry about things and he says that he's uh, mm. he's worried that um, he needs to find his phone so he can call his sister who's taking care of their father who is sick and uh, and then he starts to say uh, you need to stop her she's controlling us <coughs> or something of that nature Anyways, that um, that's kind of interesting because uh, he doesn't say who she is. Right. And Vision even asks who she is. So, I mean, we're all assuming it's Wanda, but who knows. Um, what happens after that, Matt? Oh, man. So, yeah, so much stuff. It is, I mean, it's, it's hard to remember everything. Okay, so when, that, when that's going on, he, you know, Norm, Norm is like, he's really distraught. So then... Uh, Vision just kind of puts him back, you know, back under the spell or whatever. And he makes, like, some crack joke about, like, if I send an email, what kind of stamp would I use or something like that? And he's like, ah, oh, technology. And then right at that, um, Wanda's having a conversation with the kids, like, saying that, like, you know, her and their dad aren't on the same page right now, but it's okay, they'll they'll get back on track or whatever. And then all of a sudden, Sparky starts barking at the door, and Wanda like has like this weird like premonition. So she goes out, uh, t- tells the kids to stay inside. And of course, they don't listen. And then um, she goes outside and sees a, a drone out there talking to her, and it's it's um, Monica Rambo's talking to her and saying like, you know, I just want to talk. We're not here to hurt you. We want to know what's going on. And then. Um, Director Hayward, though, of course, has the drone armed and tells someone else to fire on her. And they do. And, he, you know, the, the screen gets all fuzzy and stuff like that. Then all of a sudden, it says there's a breach near the, um, the perimeter. And then we see Wanda actually come out of Westview. And she's wearing her red outfit that she does, like in all the Avenger movies. And then her Sokovian accent comes back all of a sudden and she is, I mean, beyond angry. She's, she's carrying the drone drones all red and shit like that from her powers. And she just chucks it at them and she goes, is this yours? And, um, and then, uh, Monica walks up and she's like, Oh, you're still here. And then she's like about to use her powers against her again. And then Monica talks her down a little bit, you know, trying to understand what's going on. And, yeah, Wanda's like, this is your only warning. Um, you leave me alone, I'll leave you alone. And Director Hayward is, you know, escalating the situation, of course, um, saying you got an entire town under hostage, you know, which is true. Um, and you, you know, you can't blame us for wanting to, you know, stop you or whatever. And uh, Monica's telling her, like, you know, like, well, what can we give you? You know, what? How can we help? And she's like, I already have what I want. You know what could you possibly and, give me? And no one's um, no one's taking it away from me again. Again, yeah. yeah. And then um, then she telekinetically makes all the soldiers draw their guns on Director Hayward, and 
And then interestingly, which is some people brought this up. This is what Magneto does in one of the X Men movies, yeah. where and in the comic, one of the series, Magneto is her father. So yeah. that's interesting for what happens later on in this episode. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Anyway, so um, uh, and, yeah, uh, yeah. Do you want to take a so, break? So, break, break, really quick, here, Matt, and come back. Uh, yeah, sure. Yeah, we can come back and talk more about this episode. We'll be right back, folks. All right. What is Gen X? What is the silent generation? What do generations have in common? Hi, I'm Trish the Dish from the Gen X Voice Podcast, and I invite you to listen to conversations I have with folks from different generations, backgrounds, beliefs, and experiences in an attempt to see what connects rather than divides us. Even though Gen X has been called slackers, Karens, or not mentioned at all in some cases, we are the bridge generation, so I feel compelled to do my part to destroy ageism by bringing all these voices together. And, as a bonus, each guest gets to answer some 80s questions at the end of each show. So download and listen to Gen X Voice today on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And let's see how much we have in common after all. backpack we are the backpack kid anyways um so um we uh so 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 um some interesting things that happened in this episode too that we didn't bring up were in the credits um you noticed some things here matt what did you notice in those okay well like for one thing they actually show vision growing up like having a childhood which he he didn't you know, in reality, they show like pictures of him, like in like class classroom with like a ruler, him as a baby. But also, too, um, they're showing family photos where they're all like dressed up in Halloween costumes or like a Thanksgiving costume, and it seems like progressively Vision looks more and more unhappy during these pictures. And, and the most unhappy he looks is um, when he's dressed up as a white uh, white rabbit, which is interesting in a lot of ways actually um, exactly. white rabbit is kind of like a matrix reference even and like which has nothing to do with this but well it's uh, it's like it's like an alice in wonderland sort of thing too like the mm-hmm. white rabbit in that and uh you know and there's also the the idea of renewal and rebirth when it comes to rabbits like because the whole birth thing where they used to you know to test if somebody was pregnant, they would actually test it on a rabbit, and if the rabbit died, that means that you were pregnant. <laughs> wow. Yep. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> that's why, like in uh, in um, "Walk This Way" by Aerosmith, and uh, also by Run DMC, there is that song. There is that moment where it's like they talk about the rabbit done died. Um, <laughs> yep. That's what it's a reference to, man. So that's um, yeah, the run, the run DM- also too when when Wanda leave when Wanda goes back into the perimeter right, she makes it all red this time, which is interesting. Oh yeah, like when she when she goes in there, she she and she's like basically like securing the uh, 
the anomaly which uh, Darcy refers to as the hex because of its hexagonal shape. Right. Yeah. Hexagonal, hexagonal. I don't know which it would be. But um, anyways. Um, hex- yeah, I, I always said hexagonal, but that's not how it's Yeah, and she, like she said hexagonal. I don't know if she's saying it right or if we're saying it right or if, you know, right. Joe Schmo's saying it right. I don't know who. But um, the uh, yeah, but she's re- referring to it as the hex, Darcy is, um, which is mm-hmm. interesting. Um, also, uh, some other things, too, from uh, outside um, of Westview – because there's so much happening in this episode, guys. I mean, it's just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, there's a point where um, where uh, you know Darcy is given the, given it, like I said, the name of the hex. But prior to that, uh, Monica had said something because they were talking about needing someone to uh, get them into the get her back into the uh into the anomaly or the hex it's because of the uh they would need like a like basically like a fortified tank of some sort to get back in you know (laughs) yeah and um monica says i know an aerospace engineer who could be up for this challenge Uh is it possible that she's talking about reed richards or one of the fantastic four or uh possibly dr doom or um, yeah i'm thinking it might be one of those but i mean who knows who it is and then um at one point they were talking about uh how uh how the uh how people had gotten their powers and they talked about uh and uh it's brought up that uh captain marvel had gotten her powers from one of the uh stones as well and uh, when Captain Marvel was brought up, Monica didn't really care for that. Oh yeah, yeah. She, there was a lot of tension there. Yeah, so it's um, like it's very interesting. Like, was there a fall, falling out between her and Carol? What what happened? You know, or has she not seen Carol since the eighties, or I mean the nineties, or whatever? Sorry, not the eighties, but the nineties when uh, when, right, when, when the Captain Marvel movie took place. Right. Maybe she feels betrayed because she hasn't seen her since she was like a kid or something like that. Um, uh. Yeah, because I saw that too. Because, because she goes, you know, Wanda was, you know, almost took out Thanos by herself with, unless, you know, without that blitz that happened, and said, you know, no one else came close. And then James Wu was like, well, I could argue that Captain Marvel came close, and then she just had like this look on her face, like, you know. <clears throat> yeah, because I, I think when, um, and back to the the thing when Wanda comes out of the out of the uh the hex i think she's created a uh when when it turned red i think she's now made the uh barrier completely impregnable so like nobody Mm. can get in at all so that's my my guess like you know it's totally blocked off from the outside (laughs) world and i don't think they can send in drones anymore or anything you know let alone people right yeah but why would she why would she not do that in the first place though that's interesting uh, I know that's interesting you know, too. Who knows? Um, or maybe she didn't, some, maybe she didn't think people would do anything, and then they did, and then you know. True. Yeah, maybe she didn't think, or maybe not. Maybe her powers are getting stronger as well. So yeah, you know, each day her powers do seem to get stronger. So maybe. Um, also, too, when you mentioned about Agnes earlier, <clears throat> how Wanda just created a dog collar right in front of her. She doesn't care anymore. Doesn't seem like Agnes cares either. Or finds any of this stuff strange. Like, like the kids 
became babies and five years five year olds and and Agnes is just sitting on the countertop drinking water going, uh, kids, you can't control them no matter how much you try. It's like Yeah, which mm. is interesting because earlier in the episode, uh Wanda had tried to control the babies and she couldn't. Um Right. And and I mean I think Agnes has gotta be in on this because we still don't know who yeah. she is and um I mean we know we kind of are guessing that she's Agatha Harkness, but um it's hard to say. Um the uh yeah, and and uh, even even Wanda tells Vision that she's like, she just mentions the fact that you know the kids aged five years and she didn't even care. You know when Vision right. when Vision is expressing his concerns about this. <coughs> so it's, yeah, it's hard to say. Nothing, hmm. Yeah, nothing. Vision like Wanda's become really selfish during this episode. Like she doesn't care at all about what Vision wants or thinks about anything like like he's just like a puppet to her literally even i guess and um uh yeah i'm trying to remember everything so many things okay so there's an interesting thing i know we're we're not we're not being very linear here but that's okay i guess cause yeah the show is not very linear and, but um and, 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 and we're assuming whoever's listening to this you better watch the episode and if you haven't yeah you hopefully know, what's, you have seen what's the point um <laughs> Bradley. so there's this part um, you know, only only people who are like Mike and I's age or older would really get this reference without actually doing the research on it, of course. But so at one point, when um, they they let him keep the dog Sparky and um, Billy or Tommy, I'm not sure which one, is like teach the dog how to do tricks and stuff like that. And then he he says, "Sit, Sparky, sit, good dog." Okay, so that that's a reference to the '80s. There was a company. That did a lot of the shows in the '80s, like like Family Ties, which this show kind of was going off of a little bit. And at the end of each episode, it would have a graphic of a dog with a frisbee in her mouth, and then a voice said, "Sit, Ubu, Ubu sit, good dog." And it was like the guy's dog who created the company, yeah, it was basically. Gary David um, Gary David Goldberg, the creator of Family Ties and Spin City, among other right. things. Yeah. Or the co- co-creator of Spin City with Bill Lawrence, the creator of Scrubs. Oh, wow. But yeah, anyways, we'll... <laughs> right. And the thing is, too, how the reason why this is significant is that so many shows had this... What's that? Well, actually, I mean, I think it was more mo- mostly just his company, which was only a f- couple shows like this. And then there was like a... There was a show, um, Day by Day, that had it as well. Um, okay. Which, which uh, had a had a pre-Seinfeld Julia Louis-Dreyfus in it and a Courtney Thorne-Smith in it as well. Oh, so, wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and, 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 and a baby Thora Birch. So, yeah. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Which was, yeah which <clears throat> That's was a really, cool. Really good show. Anyways. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, he didn't do a whole lot of shows, but he did do significant ones that so everybody remembers the sit ubu sit. Right. Yeah. I mean, I still do as a kid. Just that I don't know what it was. Just something about it was just very like grabbed your attention. So that that's what they did with that. That was kind of a nice little nod to that. And um, speaking of Sparky, though, unfortunately, Sparky dies. Um, I think Agnes killed him, to be honest. But but uh, 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 she says that he ate her uh, azalea leaves, or what was it? Um, azalea. azalea. Yeah. 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 Azalea leaves. Which are poisonous to dogs. Yeah, um, if, you, if dogs have too much of those, they can die easily. Um, 
Yeah, and I, th- I think I think I, I agree with you there. I think um, that Agnes did possibly either kill him or something like that to try to see if uh, Wanda could bring him back to life, <laughs> which she doesn't do. So, <laughs> because which is interesting because she wants to teach her kids, and she tells them not to age up at that point too, mm-hmm. and she wants to teach them to understand grief and loss, which is really interesting because she's not doing that. Right, hypocritical or also too. Yeah. She might know deep down that she's done something wrong, and she's kind of hmm. basically living with what she's done, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> it's just kind of funny that you know she's just like don't don't age up, don't age up, you know, and stuff like that. And uh, I mean, I I did, I did find it funny that uh, like um, when they when they were aging and they were you know they aged up to ten years old. Um, somebody said I I can't remember who it was, but on the outside was saying by. That uh, at this rate, by uh, by by dinner time, uh, they're going to be empty nesters. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was uh, I think that was James Wu or maybe it was Darcy. I don't know. Yeah, remember. I think it was, it was probably Jimmy uh, that said it. It's only something he would say. Um, yeah. <clears throat> the uh, yeah, um, we do have at one point another commercial. It's an ad for uh, Legos paper towels. Mm-hmm. Which is very much like a old bounty or uh, you know one of those type of commercials from the eighties. Um, red juice is flowing on the on the on the cabinet, which is very blood like. Mm-hmm. Um, the the catchphrase in the ad is for when you make a mess you didn't mean to. Mm-hmm. Um, in. In Captain America Civil War, Wanda had accidentally killed some people in a building in Lagos. Mm-hmm. So it's very symbolic of the blood from the people that she had murdered in that by mistake in that in Lagos, and that's the name of the paper towels, which uh, was uh, which which the the ad was. Um, Narrated by a Facebook friend of mine. Um, oh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, cool. Yeah. That was a. Uh, um. What's her name? Yeah, it was voice. It was voiced over by uh, Gray Griffin. Um, Gray Delise Griffin. Um. She uh, is a Facebook friend of mine who is primarily, I mean, she's known for a lot of voiceover work, but she's the current voice of uh, Daphne in the Scooby-Doo animated projects. So, um, yeah. Hopefully plan to, uh, I've talked to her already, and hopefully we'll have her on a future episode to talk about her career, so that'll be cool. Um, Yeah. Anyways, um, she's also a musician, so check out her music. I'm just going to plug her. Anyways, um, the... uh, (laughs) So, so so what else what else is happening? Uh, anyways, like I was saying, with that with that uh, with that ad, you know, it's very much talking about each one of these ads talks about something within her life. Yeah, and um, somebody else pointed out that each one could be symbolic of a different stone in the uh, of, of the Infinity Stones too, based on mm. colors and things of that nature that we see in each one. So, you know. 
do a little bit more research on that. Maybe we'll talk about that in future episodes if we do find out. Because it could be a possibility that maybe somehow she's using her powers to recreate the Infinity Stones. Oh. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. <clears throat> Inter- very interesting. Also, too, same actress from the Hydra soap commercial. And the same actress. And, uh, yeah, and people are saying that that could have been her parents, yeah, actually. They're, 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 in, they're in all the ads. All, both of them yeah. are in all, all of the four ads that we've seen so far. And it's the same kids from the previous one. Oh, okay. Too, which which are it's interesting too. I don't understand why it's interesting to me, but it's interesting because this is taking place in the eighties, and then prior to this, like the seventies and stuff like that. But they're interracial kids. Yeah, like are they lot, are they adopted or what? I've noticed that that's not not that in particular. I didn't notice that, but I've noticed that. I'm not sure how this is kind of a weird tangent. But I'm not sure how I feel about. It seems like a lot of shows now when they are period pieces, they're, like, putting in, like, modern sensibilities into those shows, and they even, like, make jokes, like, about those shows, like, like was that comic kind of racist or whatever? And it's like, but they wouldn't have said that in that era. Anyway, yeah, but I, but, I, but I think, I, I, but that kind of, like, adds on to the fact that this isn't real TV. This is right what Wanda's creating, and just makes me wonder if those kids have some kind of significance. I know I know one of the actors who plays the kids is actually uh, Jimmy Kimmel's nephew. So that's okay. Just, yeah, but <laughs> I mean, it very well could. I mean, that could that could also be Wanda. This is her reality, so she's gonna, mm-hmm. you know, basically have like you know racial tolerance as part of her, you know, reality. Yeah, you know I mean, like I mean, why not? You could control everything else, so why not eliminate racism while you're at it? You know? Uh, yeah, and I mean, it. <clears throat> And, and it brings me to a new theory that I think Jimmy Kimmel is Mephisto. So, um, wait. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> second, I thought you were being serious. Like, yeah. Is he going to be in the show? <laughs> I mean, his, his nephew's in the show, so why not? <laughs> it's Jimmy Kimmel himself, not, not no. playing a character. The no. actor, Jimmy Kimmel, is Mephisto. <laughs> and then that'll just, you know, you know, validate all the, uh, all, all the, all the, idiot conservative uh, QAnon people who hate him, who say stuff like, oh, he's trying to destroy the world with his jokes on TV. Wait. Yep. Remember um, remember when late night TV was funny? It's like, you never watched late night TV. Like you, you weren't watching Jay Leto or David Letterman or, or Johnny Carson. Because if you, if you yeah, actually listen, if, if you watch old episodes of Johnny Carson, he's just as political in his jokes as Jimmy Kimmel and Seth yeah. Meyers and other people are today. It's like, <laughs> wake the fuck up, people. <laughs> none of these people, none of these people are not non-political. Even, even Dick, Dick Cavett, is that his name? Dick, Dick Cavett, Cavett. I mean, he was probably the least of them all political, but even mm-hmm. he would like interview like Muhammad Ali a bunch of times. And stuff well, well like he, that. he he was actually. I mean, his show was more like a straight talk show than more than a comedy show. <laughs> oh, okay, so he he would have uh, you know he would interview everybody from you know politicians mm-hmm. to sports figures to everything. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, but you know it. You know, but remember when SNL was funny? <laughs> you know, no, anyways. Um, <laughs> it wasn't all about Donald Trump and stuff like that. Anyways, um, the uh, the good old days. Yep. Um, yeah. 
back when they were talking about other political figures because that's exactly. who existed then, um, and you weren't brainwashed by. Anyway, so I'm off on a tangent here. So um, let's come back, Mike. Okay. Anyways, um, <laughs> yeah, reel it in, reel it in, Mike, reel it in. Um, so, uh, so um, what else did we miss here in the episode? God, so much. I'm like writing stuff down as we talk, so I keep remembering more more shit. So, um, speaking of the real real and in, Wanda's fish pants turned out to actually be Kevlar now. Because nice transition. Nice transition. Wearing, what's that? Nice transition. Nice transition. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like that too. Fish pants. Yeah. Real men. Uh, you know, she she was wearing a bulletproof vest. You know, when she came in there and. Now her her clothes are basically bulletproof now, uh, so that was interesting. Yeah, she finds out that they were bu- bulletproof and they're like made of Kevlar, basically. So, which is interesting. Um, so that means mm-hmm. that the clothing that she went in with was manipulated, and so that basically points out the fact that Wanda isn't creating like illusions here she's actually physically changing things mm-hmm. so to fit her <clears throat> desires at the time so she changes people's clothing <laughs> like like when we had the uh the um the guy in the in the hazmat suit come in and she changed his uh rope into like a jump rope and she changed <laughs> she changed his outfit into a beekeeper outfit um Things of that nature, you know, and so that means that, and, and that's why, you know, the clothing changes on people, and it's not like, you know, an illusion. It's actually their clothing changing, so. right? And then she can actually, and then those clothes retain the same properties that they did before, but they're yeah. now the new clothes. So that's why Monica's pants and her shirt are now are, are now Kevlar. So Wanda can. She could change them, but they still retain the original pro- at least for now. I mean, her power- powers are growing every day, so who knows what she could do. But right now, like I said earlier, it seems like she's learning as she's going along, which kind of goes again with the theme song again, making it up as you go. So like, she's getting stronger each day, and she's learning how to be more um, specific, exact, you know, and how she does. Yeah. And it makes you makes you wonder if somebody that we haven't seen yet, or if it's Agnes or somebody else, is actually training her during t- during stuff that we don't see on the TV. Exactly, like she could be learning. And plus, too, like like Monica. So this brings up a good point about what Monica said earlier when um, when director Hayward was basically depicting Wanda as a terrorist. Essentially, and she she got radicalized by Hydra. And he just totally ignored the fact that she became an Avenger. It's like, no, she's Hydra. It's like, well, yeah, she was, but then she became an Avenger. Like, you're only focusing on one part of her history, the bad part. You know, and um, Wanda says, well, you know, she put up her own quarantine so that, you know, she could have extended this even further, you know, but she kept it, you know, at Westview, you know. So if, so it's like, you know, she's not all bad. I mean, if she wanted to completely take over the world, I guess she could have, but she just took over a small little town, you know? Um, yeah, because, I mean, she, and, she could, you know, she could have taken over the the whole 
country, the whole world, whatever, you know. Um, the uh, interesting thing, too, is, like, every time I hear it, too, it's like, okay, so if he turns out to be bad, Hayward is the acting director. So we're mm-hmm. dealing with a television show with actors. <laughs> wow. <clears throat> right. Basically. So, you know, maybe he's the acting director. The acting, like yeah, he's acting. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, or he's, um, or he's the, or he's directing the acting. Oh, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like, I like that. Yeah. Uh, um, so who knows? Um. <clears throat> so, anyways, this all leads up to another scene where, towards the end, where Vision confronts Wanda about her powers and what's going on. Mm-hmm. And uh, he points out to uh, her, like they they start arguing in the kitchen, and she tries to end the argument by running the credits in front of them. Right. <laughs> which wow, which I wish I could do sometimes in the real world. I just loved. I mean, like she, like when I saw that, like I mean, it was funny, but at the same time. Like, I, I just, I saw that for what it was. Like, just complete dismissal of what he's saying. Like, I'm just rolling the credits on you. Like, yeah. You know, like, like, he's like, no, no. It's, like a, it's like a talk to the hand sort of thing. Um, yeah. Talk to the credits. Um, the, uh, so, but he's not listening. And then he, he goes from the kitchen and into the living room and he turns from human form into vision form. And uh, they start having this big argument. They, they're about to, like, almost attack each other. They both fly up into the air and, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, he starts questioning things and, um, he says, I can't remember my life before Westview. I can't remember who I am. And then he also questions things like, why are there no children in Westview? <laughs> There's no other children in Westview besides Tommy and Billy. Mm-hmm. So that's interesting because they had a whole yep. thing in the previous episode where it was for the children. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, so it was obviously for these children, <laughs> not, uh, any other children. So, um, we get right after that happens, I mean, they're, they're sitting on the couch and she, she's, uh, she's admitting too. she's like, she's like, do you think I'm controlling everything? You know, do my controlling uh, when people walk their dogs or go to a dentist appointment and all this other <laughs> right. stuff? Yeah. Um, yeah, you are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you might be. Or maybe, at the very least, she might have an algorithm for other people. Yeah. But then directly controlling who she's physically yeah. in the presence of, you know, so. And then and then uh, there's a there's a ring at the doorbell. And uh, she uh, she said that she didn't do that. And the uh, they, they go to answer the door. And at the door is Pietro, but it's not the MCU Pietro. <laughs> it's the Fox X Men Pietro, <laughs> Evan Evan Peters, <laughs> not Aaron Taylor Howard. You know, so it's it's interesting that we got the different actor, and he's doing this over the top, like kind of almost New York accent. You're right. Like, well, I was gonna squeeze, squeeze my my my. He, he says, he says, can I squeeze my sister to death or something like that? You know, 
Um, Which is weird. Yeah. Uh, the death. Yeah. Like. And, then, and, and, and then he notices uh, he notices vision. And so, okay, so I do believe that before the real Pietro died in um, in Age of Ultron, he had met Vision. Oh, he, he did? I think so. I'm not sure, though. But either way, this, uh, this guy says, who's the popsicle? Mm-hmm. Which, you know, sometimes popsicle could mean somebody frozen or dead. So, uh, so I, I, I didn't interpret it that way. I thought because he was red. Yeah, like, that's. But you're probably right because of before when she saw his mm-hmm. gray body and shit like that. Yeah, like. <clears throat> so I'm thinking that might be it. Um, do you want to take a quick wow. break here, Matt, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about that reveal, and then yeah. we'll also talk about some of the uh, trivia and stuff for this episode. Yeah. Okay. It's the ninja from the Ask the Angry Ninja Show saying, come listen to the show. We got the ninja wife to give you your movie reviews. We got the conscript to give you the ninja news. And we got the battle to talk about your sports. And as always, it is the Ask the Angry Ninja Show. So ask me a question. We'll give you the ninja knowledge you need for your ninja life. Search for us anywhere you get your podcast from. Just search for the Ask the Angry Ninja Show and enjoy the show. We are back. Okay, so, um, so, okay, so we got that big reveal there. Um, <laughs> like, like people said in the, in the, that I mentioned at the beginning of the show of, are saying, um, I think this, uh, could be implying. It could be implying some uh, interesting things, such as uh, a multiverse, or possibly, I don't know, what else it could be doing. I mean, there's a possibility that he's not even, there. a lot of people, because when, when he comes in and they find out that it is, uh, Darcy does point out, she says, she recast Pietro. <laughs> So that that was interesting. Um, I do think uh, it could be a multiverse. It could be possibly that he's just Evan Peters and he got brought into Westview and he's playing her her brother. Right, exactly. <laughs> he could just be an actor that we know in the real world. And <laughs> right, it could be that. Yeah, just totally messing with us. Yeah. Or he could be he could be he's not even Pietro or Peter or somebody or Quicksilver from another universe. He could just be possibly he's Mephisto, possibly he's the Grim Reaper. Some you know he could be anybody. You know he could be um, yeah. It could just be like someone you know because at first and she knows it's not really her brother. Like she yeah she she like, has that reaction like uh, you look different sort of thing. So, it could have been, like I was thinking before, this could have been her attempt to bring her brother back to life, and then maybe for a split second she was thinking of the word Quicksilver, and then that, so then it brought in another Quicksilver. Usually, I I don't know if that's, because usually, like, 
she she knows Pietro as her brother, not as Quicksilver. So I'm yeah, because like she, they've never been given um, nicknames in any of these. Right. So I would imagine she wouldn't be thinking of his superhero alter ego. She would be thinking of his actual person. You know. Um, so that that I kind of crossed that theory off. My God, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So you could either just be the actor playing him just to kind of mess with the audience a little bit, or the multiverse. But then again. If it is a multiverse, then it's going to have weird implications because that's basically then implying that the X Men don't live on the same Earth as the Avengers do. So that's kind of. But that could be how we bring them into this universe too. Maybe there's True. like a, maybe they combine all the universes like they did on the Arrowverse, right? <clears throat> or something yeah, of that very, nature. Yeah, or true, yeah. or or they or some people pop over and stay. Um, the. Uh, Yeah, they could and, um, be. I mean, it, um, it could be like they're from a different Earth or something. Um, but it could also be that they are being brought into this Earth. Who knows what's going on? Or maybe, yeah. or maybe, like I said before, maybe it's just an actor. Yeah, or some other Westview citizen that she decided to make her brother. <laughs> right. <clears throat> I don't know. Um, you said you noticed something. Uh, you're telling me earlier that you noticed something in the uh, in the um, in the mirror during this scene. Yeah, so um, <clears throat> I saw this in the video on YouTube. Um, it, it it was pretty shaky, so it's, it's not. But it looks like the mirror is kind of like all fuzzy, like you can't really see who's like on the other side. Like it's like almost almost like a shadow. It doesn't really look like Pietro, and then. It does look like there's like some gray looking thing, kind of like an arm, but um, uh, it could just be like a shadow because like uh, the person did kind of like an art- artistic rendering to make it look like an arm. So yeah, but it did look like something was like either pulling that Pietro in or, or guiding him in or something. So if that is the case, then that could definitely be something like oh maybe this is Mephisto or someone pretending to look like someone else, you know, to get inside the house because, you know, maybe Vision's asking too many questions, you know, type of thing. Like, yeah. Because uh, you know, Agnes, if, if it is Mephisto, it would be because I think with, if they are going the Agnes and Agatha and Ralph Mephisto route, um, Agatha is definitely the, quote, good cop of the, I mean, she's not good, but in, in the exchange, she is kind of like the good cop and Mephisto is the bad cop, so... Yeah, right now Agnes has basically been playing good cop, like play along, play along, play along, and oh, okay, Vision's asking too many questions. Now we're gonna send in, you know, the big guns. You know, <laughs> like yeah, and it's so we'll it's, it's interesting too. I mean, I think in and then in the in our in our real world too, it's kind of a metaphor for like when they recast somebody on a show, like you know, like like Aunt Viv on Fresh Prince or something like that, or. Right. Or, or the Darrens on Bewitched or something where, and then they just don't even mention really, I mean, they, they might have an in thing or something, or like the two Beckys on uh, Roseanne where they, they kind of, they, they talk about, they talk about it, but they sometimes do it as a, in, as a joke, but they right. also have the whole, uh, the whole, um, you know, sometimes there's on these shows where they just recast and they don't even mention that it's a different actor. Right. Um, the uh, so uh, here's some. Uh, do you want to listen to some trivia here, Matt? Before we go. Oh yeah, sure. 
Okay, um... During, uh... <clears throat> during the S.W.O.R.D. briefing, news footage taken from previous MCU films is attributed to WHIH World News, the fictional news network in the uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe, which uh, has been used to promote um, some of the films in its own web series, WHIH Newsfront, and was previously featured in the TV series uh, set in the MCU. Oh, wow. In, in the various TV series. Um, okay, the, the sudden growth of the twins, Tommy and Billy, is a reference to how on sitcoms, <clears throat> um, infants uh, grow at an unrealistic rate. Notable mm-hmm. example would be Growing Pains, which featured an infant, Chrissy Seaver, who in the course of just two seasons was old enough to attend school. Mm. So, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. We find out in this episode that Wanda was born in 1989, which is the same year that Elizabeth Olsen was born. Uh, so, yeah. Wow. Um, the, uh... <clears throat> There's a reference in the opening, like I said, to Full House, where you see them pic- picnicking on the grass, and there's also like some of the camera angles and stuff that are very similar to the openings to Full House. Yeah. Um, um, right at the beginning, Vision had joked about reading one of the twins, Charles Darwin's Descent of Man. <laughs> um, Paul Bettany had played Charles Darwin in the film Creation, which tells the story oh. of Darwin's development of his theory of evolution. Wow. Um, several of the newspaper articles uh, deal- detailing the Novi Grad bombings feature real-life photographs of the siege of Sarajevo, oh, an wow. almost four-year siege that um, started the Bosnian War and claimed the lives of more than 13,000 civilians. Yeah. Yeah. Um... <clears throat> That's a war that doesn't really get talked about a lot, but yeah. it was really bad. Um, <clears throat> the uh, the episode's title is on a very special episode, which refers to the 80s sitcom trope uh, that dealt with controversial issues such as racism, sexism, abuse, teenage pregnancy, and death, um, much of which actually appear in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Evan Peters appearing as Pietro is an homage to him playing Quicksilver in the 20th Century Fox X-Men fil- film series. Both X-Men studios um, um, had an agreement at the time that uh, to use both Peter and Wanda if they wanted to, since both were X-Men and Avengers, but the condition that they could not make references to the other studios' properties. The Fox films could not mention them as members of the Avengers, while the Marvel films could not mention them as mutants or children of Magneto. (laughs) Since Disney acquired uh, 20th Century in 2009, this agreement no longer stands, so we could have that crossover uh, multiverse sort of thing, which, you know, makes Mm -hmm. sense because we're leading into the multiverse of madness, as uh, people have pointed out. Yeah, And this is the first... uh, um, major crossover between the uh between a a, a non MCU Marvel film and uh and a uh and and a MCU uh property um the 
it, it is the second time this has happened, though, because you do have uh, J. Jonah Jameson appear in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home. But mm-hmm. he looks different and stuff, but he's played by the same actor, so... Mm. Played by J.K. Simmons in that. Um, that was my own little commentary there, I just remembered, so as I was reading <laughs> this. Okay, the... The... the uh, the appearance of Pietro Maximoff at the end is a dig at several established tropes. Pietro being recast is a reference to several sitcoms at the time in which characters are recast, like I was saying, like Becky from the sitcom Roseanne. Yeah. Um, um, and also his, his, uh, his appearance after, the, uh, after Wanda rolled the credits is also a reference to how Marvel films often include a post credit scene. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, um, this, uh, yeah, and, uh, that's, uh, that's all I got right now. Um, any, uh, speculation or anything for next week? Uh, next week, yeah, cause they, they already showed like a little bit of like a preview or whatever, uh, whatever, and, um, it looks like next week's gonna be the Halloween episode. Yeah. And, um, Vision is, like, waking up, like, more people, I guess, in the town to, like, let them know what's going on. And he actually wakes up Agnes, and who knows if Agnes is just playing along and whatever. But, like, she's kind of driving her car in, like, almost like a trance-like state. And he, like, touches her head, and she kind of, like, you know, gasps, you know, and, like, she's like, am I dead? And and he's like, no. Why would you ask that? And she's like, because you are. And... And then, like, she does, like, this weird cackling laugh, but I don't know if that's... Yeah, I mean, was... it could be editing and stuff to make it seem... Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, so, and then, like, it it seems like maybe Wanda has kind of got Vision back under her control again, because it says, like, you know, this is our home, and he's like, well, we better fight for it then. So it's like, okay, so is he back on board? Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, or, or did some, or, or did something happen that makes him be? You know, who knows what's happening? Um, you know, right. I, I I hate to speculate anything because anything could happen. Um, the uh, right. there there are a lot of things that I think are are leading to the fact. I, I it's it's got to be Mephisto coming in. I mean, we've had a lot of yeah, lot lot of clues to that. But you know, we could all be wrong, um, and it could be somebody completely different. Um. I, I, I read some weird theories online. One of the theories is that uh, about Evan Peters is that he's actually a grown-up uh, Tommy or Billy. Oh, okay. Somehow, but, like, from the future or something, and I'm just like, <clears throat> okay, why? Right. Um, <laughs> so so, so there, there, there's, there's weird theories out there. There is, but also I just thought of something. So, like, they, they had another, a longer... Um, type of preview that was going for like the next few episodes and it actually shows Wanda in like a gown almost like she's like in a lab and she's smiling but she's smiling in the same way at the end of episode uh, four when she's like what shall we watch honey and then like Vision looks kind of uncomfortable, and then he kind of like does like this awkward smile, and then he follows her. Well, 
it had Wanda giving that exact kind of smile, but like it looked like she was in like a white room and like a lab. So that could be a whole other thing. That might not actually even be Wanda. That could be like another body, and then Wanda is like being told to control that body. So the real physical Wanda might not even be there. You know, I don't yeah, know. Who knows what's um, going on? So it looked like it looked like she was in like a lab or something like that, and so she could be being she, she herself could be being controlled to some extent and then but yet she also feels like she's the one doing the controlling it's it's very bizarre um so yeah we, we could like talk about this for hours i know there's a lot of ways it could go um like let us know what you think's going to happen next um what you thought of this episode and uh and what you and what you think of future what what do you think the future holds um or what you thought of previous episodes, and we'll talk about it in the next episode if you leave us a comment on any of our social meds. Um, <laughs> so um, check out our uh, check out our Facebook and all of our other uh, social media places. Um, if you want, if you have anything you want to send us, uh, you can send it to me at mike at cullenpark dot com. Um, if you like this episode, be sure to check out our other episodes where we talk about movies and we have interviews and things of that nature. The latest episode that we just released uh, this week was the Adams Family Reunion Review that we did on <laughs> our Direct from Hell series. Um, so um, you should you, you would enjoy that. It's a very funny episode. Um, so, uh, but until next time, um, you know, be sure to wear a mask, wear a condom. Um, wait. <laughs> Why do I keep saying that, Matt? I don't know. No, <laughs> I'm just saying that I, you know, you don't want to have any children that accidentally grow to be five years old in one day, and um, yeah. you know, because that happens in the real world. Yeah. Yes. So wear a condom and uh, wear a mask. And um, until next time. Bye bye. <laughs> Thanks for listening to All Too Real Two podcast. A Cullen Park production. Produced and edited by Michael E. Cullen II. Music by Matthew Haas. Subscribe and share the show. Visit us at CullenPark.com.